You are listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journeys here at UVic. All right, uh, good afternoon. I'm Liz MacArthur, your host for Beyond the Jargon today. Happy to have in the studio with me Chari Arispekochaga. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You're a master student in fine arts and theater here at UVic. Yes, I am. And you're very busy. You've got a show opening up. I know. We have a show. We're going into our first public preview tonight, and we open on Thursday. Wow. Um, so you must be just sort of uh, have the sort of excitement and buzz, I yes, guess, yes. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the... Um, about what your master's is here at the university, and um, is the the production that you're working on right now, is that part of that, or is this something... That is part of um, my master's in fine arts requirements, so it's my thesis, and because it's a master of fine arts, it, there's hands-on stuff as well as the written stuff, so mm-hmm. this is the practical side of it, and mm-hmm. it's a production of Amadeus. Wow. I think the last time I talked to you, you were also involved in another production. So is this sort of... I um, was, that was my first show. I was the assistant director for Skin of Our Teeth. Right. So it's sort of an ongoing hands-on aspect to the masters? Yes. Yes. I think all MFA programs are designed so that there's always an ongoing hands-on aspect to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, how did you end up at UVic doing your master's here? You have uh, a, a long CV with lots of theater experience in it. What brought you here? Yes, actually, I was looking for places that had, first of all, uh, it was very competitive getting in. Um, they have a very selective program of just one or two every other year. Mm. So, which kind of meant I had a lot of resources at my disposal. And um, I really wanted a program that was very, very hands, that was hands-on and not just because I would like to come out of my MFA into a career doing theater Mm -hmm. and a program that would also, in a way, help me fill in the gaps in terms of material that I have not done yet in the commercial professional scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about uh, your experience before. You talked about being in the commercial professional scene. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what was that experience? What were you doing? Oh, I was directing for a long time. Um, lots of, we were, I was doing mainly English licensed shows. Um, a lot of them were musicals. Um, I had, I have some Disney shows that I've directed, Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. um, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Um, When I left, I was doing Tarzan. I did Rock of Ages. I did did choreography for Next to Normal, A Little Night Music, and some of these shows would tour around Asia. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you said when you left. So you, where did you come from? I I came from the Philippines before coming here. Yes. And you were directing and doing choreography. I was, yeah, doing choreography sometimes, but mainly directing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So did you go to school, um, a drama program, post-secondary drama program? My, actually, my undergrad was in film school. Oh, yeah. But while I was doing my undergrad, I I joined a repertory company, a repertory theater company as an actress. So my it was a concurrent training, yeah. sort of. And a lot of the, strangely enough, a lot of my undergrad in film comes in very handy mm-hmm. a, as a director. But after, and, but I was an actress first in the theater. And mm-hmm. then I was doing that for a while. Then I started teaching performance in 
summer stock situations or I would mentor university theater groups and train actors. And then eventually I started directing. Hmm. And then it was only after several years of doing that, which I think is important before you come into a master's program that, that you've actually done some things before Mm-hmm. getting into the master's program. So you contribute to the program as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was it sort of a natural progression from acting to directing? Or, or was there a reason that you moved over into directing? Was it more appealing somehow? Or? I think so. I think I, while I really enjoyed all my years as an actor, I was also, because I was lucky enough to be in a repertory company, I appreciated the fact that part of our training there was included us doing kind of everything and experiencing many different parts of creating theater. So, you know, I've run a light board. I've done front of house work. I've become a dresser. I've done sound work where I was the one replacing microphones for other actors. Mm-hmm. And and we were structured that way when, when we weren't part of the cast in the show, we would be doing all those other things. And I was always, always watching how the creative people were working. And I think somehow, maybe then without knowing it, that my interest really lay in directing and creating the bigger picture and eventually getting off stage. Right. Yeah. Um. And now you're, you're doing your master's and you're talking about sort of giving back to the program and um, getting the most out of it. So does um, how does that commercial experience sort of work its way into what you're doing here at UVic? Does, is, does it just maybe give you more of an ease in being able to complete There's some that? ease in it. There's always – there's still a lot of adjustment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels like UVic is like, you know, a new producer that I'm working with in a way just to learn the system, just to learn – how they do things. But because it's a school, I also have to remember it's a learning environment. And I'm also one of the students. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's good to be challenged. It's good to be asked a lot of questions to get to the nitty gritty of why you are doing something. It's great to have feedback on things that may not be clear in your process or things that, that, that are working well in your process. It's great to be amongst student actors as well, because then it's kind of like, I guess the curve of the collaborativeness is higher because Mm -hmm. then everyone has something at stake. And you also want everyone to, you know, have ownership of the show with you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would like to ask how, how the thesis works in the theater program. What are you focusing on specifically? Because I'm an MFA in directing, so a lot of my projects leading up to the thesis were to direct things. So I had a Chekhov, I had a one-act piece, I had a device piece. And then around that, I was doing some research classes as well, which had elaborate writing components. And I was doing some design classes as well, which were really great and, you know, were very like spirit opening. Mm -hmm. And then I needed to plan for the biggest my biggest production would have been this, which is my thesis production, and it becomes part of the 
Phoenix theater season for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you're writing about stuff, are you writing about the process of uh, directing and, inve- and sort of researching that stuff? Yes, mm-hmm. but the, some of the research classes were also on a more holistic point of view f- for the theater. So I had an oral history class. I had uh, a research class where we had to take... Um, we pretty much had to select a topic. So there were theory, you know, we had the theories, we had criticism, and then we, we kind of had to research on a particular topic. Um, the oral history class had an oral history research component, which we then, after writing it, we combined with the other students in the class, had to devise a show around all our oh. oral history research, which was really great actually it's a good experience so you were researching like a particular oral history yes we we had we went through a lot of samples of work that arose from oral history and how oral history research ended up as performance based pieces i Mm -hmm. guess and then we each based on a topic or on a person we knew we called oral history from those people or around those topics. And then we had to put all those people and topics together into one device, oral mm. history piece. Wow. that Was that difficult sort of once you had your gathered the oral history around one person and collaborating with other people to sort of fit them all together? Yes, a little, a little bit, but it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, did you, uh, who did you pick? I picked um, Lena de Guevara from the Puente Theater Group. Oh, yeah. She had she had very great stories to tell about devising theater around the immigrant experience. Mm. Um, and then that was combined with, oh my gosh, like so many different personalities. Like some people were not even really theater practitioners. Mm. We had someone from the government. We had um, someone who was a teacher. We had someone who was a retired nun. Then we just had to find a a way to put their stories together. Interesting. Um, Something like that, I guess, uh, do you feel sort of outcomes and like you've learned something new right away or does some sort of seep into your work and maybe later you'll think, oh, that's interesting. I think it's always a little bit of both in an MFA because on a a day-to-day you're doing physical, you're actually working on something, Um, whether you're researching something, whether you're actually in a rehearsal working with people whether you're in a costume meeting or a design meeting like designing you know deciding on things or if it's a production meeting and we need to adjust this or we need to adjust that so that's immediate and there's always a sense of I guess there's always learning that comes with those and then I think I hope I think somehow these things just kind of like they add up to your experience, and then somehow it will just seep into the mm-hmm. work as well later on. Um, and now you're working on your thesis production, which is Amadeus? Yes, Peter Schaffer's Amadeus. That sounds like a really exciting uh, and dynamic piece to produce. How has it gone so far? What are some of the challenges and the highlights? of? Well, first, it's a big, relentless, giant show. Um, so that was a big challenge and then um, I reconceived it it's written in a certain way we didn't change the script it's just I reconceived it to be set in an asylum Mm -hmm. as opposed to you know the palaces and it is 
primarily because it is a memory play. And really, it's happening over one evening where the main character, Salieri, is narrating how his life had been pretty much destroyed by his apparent rivalry with Mozart. Hmm. And um, because it is a memory piece, I kind of thought of how would, you know, where would these memories have taken him? And so I ended up in the asylum. And then everything, the story unfolds as fragments of those memories in that place. So he's sort of been driven mad and wound kind up. Kind of, asylum. yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you got to chose, uh, choose the piece? It wasn't something that the Phoenix uh, chose and then... Yeah, well, we had a, we, we kind of had a list and then there was a selection committee that was mm-hmm. shortlisting things. Um it was a long list, actually. We went through a lot of titles before I arrived, before we all arrived at this show. It, and you have to, you know, there's a lot of things you need to balance. Like, can you cast the show mm. properly? Will it maximize the students? Will it highlight the, you know, you have to know what the strengths are and then be able to harness those into a show that'll kind of fit all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it a musical? It is a play with music in it there's lots of music in it that's almost like a another character in the story but it's not a musical in the sense that there's no people live singing live there's no band playing live Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of music in the show and then the, the the characters interact with the music very closely we actually had that was the first part of the show that i had to create and make decisions about Mm. because then I was studying the script and imagining how to stage it with all that music Mm. playing. So do you have a live uh, live performance between no, the music? No, it's all it's all playback. Oh right, yeah. okay. Uh, still, yeah. How does that work? You're you're sort of deciding at what point the music highlights things, or how some of it are written in the script. Some of it we we some of the music we took liberties with because of our concept, um, and it it kind of just evolves with a lot of trial and error, and then. It plays out really well in your mind. Then you bring the actors into the room and you're like, oh, maybe that's a better idea. And then Mm -hmm. we adjust and then we accommodate everyone's kind of creation. Mm -hmm. So it all kind of fits. Have you directed this before or performed in this? No, No? never. I didn't want to do something I had done before or I had connection with already before because, I mean, why? I wanted to start from scratch and do Mm -hmm. build it up. Um, this is something that was made into a film as well. Yes. Um, did you watch the film? Are you trying not to think about the film? Because you say you have a background in film studies as well. Mm-hmm. Did that I, I had watched the film a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I did revisit the film. I mean, I'm not opposed to not watching something because I knew that was not what I had intended to do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the film is also so different from how the play is written. Mm-hmm. None of their choices can really affect our choices for where this play is going. Um, the great thing about the film is it really brought this story to the forefront of people's consciousness again. The show was a big hit in the in the West End and on Broadway. Then it kind of, from there... The, the film they thought of doing the film and then you know it it 
I think it all helps each other mm-hmm. in the long run. But we just have to recognize that the film is a completely different animal from the play. And even amongst all the plays of this that have been done, each production is its own mm-hmm. version of it. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the idea of um, of drawing on the sort of a film studies background. Um, does it uh, does that change the way you're looking at things on stage or framing things or how does that sort of be? You know, not necessarily, although I find that in my process, I like thinking about my transitions a lot. I like the shows to be seamless. I'm not very attracted to blackouts or, you know, things that interrupt things. Right. Like th- things that interrupt scenes or stop a story from going forward. And that was part of the challenge of this show because it, it, the way the script is written is very specific to how those initial productions were designed. Mm. So it was great for me to rethink all of that and then find action that I could overlap with the words. So, you know, we're not in the theater for three and a half hours. Right. <laughs> um, so th- that that was great. And I think a lot, you know, I think instinctively that comes from the film training. But then ultimately, it's really about like telling stories and just finding the most creative, most effective way to get the message across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, do you feel feel more fulfilled working in theater then than in film? Um, yes, I've yeah. not really pursued my mm-hmm. film anything. I've acted in some movies. I was asked to direct some short films. I do still do some writing, but a lot of the writing were you know for for corporate film mm-hmm. purposes when I was still in Asia. Um, which I still do now sometimes, you know, like for events or industrials, then I'll create a script for them and just send it to them mm, yeah. back there. Um, but I really, I mean, I'm a theater person. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what is, so, is the, such a draw? I feel like anybody that I ever interview who's involved in theater, like that is the passion, you know, it's so um, fulfilling for the people that are involved. Absolutely. And I think it get you know, it's, it's very hard to explain, but it's just, you will do everything for it and you don't really see yourself doing anything else, I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, how far along are you now in your um, in your master's? Is this going to be the last part of it and then you're done? This is the last part of it, but you know there is a written component and some more analysis stuff and just some more schoolwork that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. When do you think you'll be finished? This year sometime. Oh, yeah. yeah. And do you have plans yet for what you want to do in the future? You know, the, the, I think... <laughs> I think that's the limbo I wasn't quite prepared for. I'm not sure what's happening mm-hmm. quite next. There's some applications that were up in the air, but let me just open the show and then <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'll be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have Maybe any- I'll just, you know, go become a ghost or something. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a specific... Uh, sort of goals related to your theater career? There's things that are on this list that you just really want to be able to do while you can? What In terms of what? Like show titles or just... Yeah, or just, maybe no, working I don't, in a specific place or... I would love to, do, you know, work globally. I think we all would benefit from just thinking globally all around. And I think I would love to work on not just reimagining um, 
licensed pieces, but to be in with actually creating a world premiere of something or so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a few minutes left. I just want to ask you a bit about uh, working with the students because um, I guess most of the students you're working with are in doing their undergraduate. The right? actors are doing their undergraduate. My costume designer is a student. She's amazing. Her name's Pauline Steins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the great thing is because they're, they're such close, you know, supervision as well. Mm-hmm. And the, there's very there there's great interaction amongst the students and the teachers and i'm also very blessed that they mixed up my creative team so the lights are being done by michael whitfield the sets being done by alan stitchbury but the projections were done by the student who was um an assistant noreen and then but and there's a lot of that so brian linds does the sound but there's a student with us francis who's very you know they're not running around getting coffee like mm. assistants do they're part of the creative so you have process like the teachers are doing it but their and their assistants are students yes. yeah I yes see. Okay. um uh, jacques lemay is with us helping with some of the movement like cleaning up some of the transitions and the staging um and then all of our actors are undergrads yeah. Yeah. Is it uh, it must be kind of fun to work with people who are so fresh into uh, what they're doing. It's really fun and I'm kind of used to different training backgrounds and kind of different experience levels because that's all w- that's typically how I cast my shows even from before. Mm-hmm. And we're not yet of an industry in the Philippines where you presume that everybody is trained. Right. Coming in, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of great raw talent, and then you kind of have to put those together with people who are more experienced. And I always find that that makes the room much more exciting because then not everyone's coming from the same point of view. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about like this school is p- people come from all over the place, and automatically their points of view are different. So you get different styles in the room, and then there's more to pick from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about your trans- uh, transitions that you talked about. There's something that really interests me, this sort of uh, flowing from either scene to scene mm-hmm. and keeping that storyline going. How... Um, how do you do those transitions? Like, what kind of what do you what do you do to make it seamless and uh, and make things flow? I mean, I'm thinking about transitions usually in terms of audio. If you're telling a story, mm-hmm. you're overlapping audio, doing sure. things. Yes, but then so, you don't have bodies on stage moving around. Yes, in the visual component. You know, sometimes I get pictures in my brain mm-hmm. as I'm reading the script. Sometimes those pictures get thrown away when I finalize the set. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes everything gets thrown away when I finalize the set because then I get better ideas from working, from imagining how to do it on the set. Um, Sometimes, you know, I mean, sometimes I have a cast of 40 people and I have to use, you know, like those Monopoly houses and kind of throw them around on my desk and move them around. Sometimes... I'm just writing words down or sometimes I look at paintings huh. and kind of just figure things out from from there. Sometimes, though, the material, like if it's a musical, mm-hmm. it's a natural thing because the music is already there and then you kind of just have to fill it in with action and know like by the time this song ends, this needs to be here. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Looking at paintings, how does that help? 
you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's just, sometimes it's an expression. Sometimes it's the color. Sometimes it's composition. Hmm. Um, I looked at a lot of like the whole Garth's rate. Rick's progress for the show. I looked at a lot of, well, the period paintings, like the portraiture. I looked at a lot of the silhouettes. Mm. Um, and lots of, like, illustrations about Vienna or even whatever, like paintings about music, anything. Mm-hmm. Give you an idea of how people Yes, or sometimes city. you just need something to trigger your brain. Or mm-hmm. And I we watched, I watched a lot of period films. I watched Marasad, I think, over and over again. That was set in an asylum. So, mm-hmm. and then it's not like you're getting specific things from it. I think it just kind of goes into your psyche, and you're giving yourself a pool of things to mm. gather from. Do you have those eureka moments where you wake up at night and think, "Oh, that's that's how I want to do it"? If I've slept at all, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, how are you balancing your uh, your life and uh, and school? It sounds like you're one of no balance. Sleeping <laughs> is for the dead, right? Yeah, yeah. Just you you just wake up, figure out what you're doing for the day, and then you just knock things off the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are you the only uh, master student in theater at the moment? In my batch, yes. Yeah. But n- thankfully, um, we have so- we had someone come in this year. Mm-hmm. So there's another director to talk to in the room. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> Did that make a difference? Is it nice to be able to chat with someone about this stuff? And- yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, you're, uh, when you're not at school, do you have uh, that kind of support network of people that are also doing the same stuff that you're doing that you can sort of brainstorm? Not with? around here. I don't really have family or here, but um, yeah, I mean... I mean, it's when you message or you just touch base with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you miss any part of your uh, your life before coming back to school? In the in sort of your career wise, what you were doing. Career wise, I think what I miss is just I'm used to doing a lot of things mm-hmm. all at the same time. The school keeps me fairly busy, but, you know, like knowing like this year I'm doing three shows. Mm. And that kind of keeps your brain moving. So let's, I don't know, let's see. <laughs> let's see what happens to me when the show opens and there's no show in the imminent horizon. We'll see. <laughs> okay, so there's so, lots of time for yes. people to see the place. Yes. So, yes. Uh, and they can get tickets through the Phoenix Theater? So the show is running until March 21st. There's a matinee on that last Saturday as well. Um, but on from the weekdays to that Saturday, there's shows at 8 in the evening. You can get tickets through the Phoenix Theater's box office. You can go to www.phoenixtheaters.ca or you can call 250-721-7992. Great. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Jargon. If you want to listen again, go to our website, cfuv.uvic.ca, and click on the Listen tab.